This episode of the Nerdball Podcast is sponsored by Jake Paluski at Real JP Multimedia. He does the music for this podcast. He has produced this podcast. If you need anything audiovisual done, he is the man to see at realjp.com, R-E-E-L-J-P.com. You may have noticed my brand new logo. It was designed and created by Melanie at Cuttlefish Graphics. I was looking to rebrand my podcast, and Cuttlefish Graphics made the process so easy. The finished look of the logo and the professional files I received were amazing. On top of logos, Cuttlefish Graphics offers professional branding and websites. I could not be happier with the job that they did. To start your next project, email Melanie at CuttlefishGraphics.com. Mention you heard this ad on the Nerdball Podcast and receive a $50 discount on a new logo design. That's CuttlefishGraphics.com. C-U-T-T-L-E, FishGraphics.com. Let's start the show. Hi, this is Tim McGrady with the Nerdball Podcast. This is the Nerdball Podcast with Lorenzo Melcher. Okay, Tim, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for um, having me. We, we joked, or I said, uh, having you on the podcast after registration has closed for PABSC. Oh, yeah. Um, my, um, you just got done with uh, 8U Travel Baseball. Yes. How did you get involved in that? Because you do not have an 8-year-old. No, I do not. Yes. I... This team actually had struggled to find a head coach. We had a couple guys who wanted to be assistant coaches, but mm. really didn't want to take that lead yeah. as far as because it is a lot of responsibility to be a head coach of a travel baseball team of any team, really. Yeah, yeah. But especially travel. Yeah. Absolutely, and they're just starting out, so yeah. kind of figure out okay, how much do I charge parents? Are we going to do fundraising? Yeah. Just the administrative part of things is really difficult to grasp right off the bat. Yeah. So I had a conversation with our travel baseball commissioner and. It just got to a point like, hey, Mike, do you want me to do this? And much to the displeasure of my wife. <laughs> I was going to ask you what she thought. <laughs> um, she certainly was not too thrilled to begin with. Yeah. And she, I think she understands that I, I enjoy coaching. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like my hobby. Yeah. And it, I, I don't need to, you know, collect stamps or, you know, coins or anything like that. I just love being around the kids. I yep. enjoy teaching the game of baseball. And, and uh, so that's why I offered to do it. And. Um, I hadn't coached baseball in a few years since uh, Caleb had stopped playing. Okay. And so I've been going to track meets, watching tracks, yeah. you know, things. And it's uh, definitely it felt good to get back in the, the, uh, the baseball diamond there. Yeah. Um, and you, do, do, they, do we normally have a 8U travel at PBSE? Or is that like, yeah. do, you, do we always have one or is there sometimes we don't? The year it started was when Caleb was eight. So, oh, okay. So, um, so like some of your other guests, like Connor Wallenzak, for example, like his dad was like the coach of that eight U team the first year that Perrysburg had it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Um, and that and and we and I keep saying we because just so everyone knows, I'm part of the PBSC also. Yeah. Um, so and. Um, we have travel from eight to what age? 13, 14. 14. Yep. Okay. And you, not only are you a coach, but you're, you're the president. Um, and you, you do a lot of stuff because you, I, I think you're on the boosters or something to do with the boosters or did that not come to fruition? I remember because we talked about that last year. Yeah. So, so when the booster thing came up, both Elizabeth and I wanted to join yeah and 
they were kind of just looking for one of us to do it just because there were so few spots available to mm -hmm. begin with. Okay. And she was going to take over like being the concessions person on the boosters club. I was like, why don't you go ahead and do that? I'll just, you know, I'll still fulfill my obligation with PABSC. Yeah. And uh, that way, you know, we're still doing something good for the community, both on the booster part and then with the youth baseball and softball programs. Okay. So, so you, you guys love each other so much that besides <laughs> being at home, you, you can volunteer together at PABSE and your plan was to volunteer together with the boosters. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, that's, I mean, that's admirable, that's admirable, right? That's, that's, um, that you can not only help the community, but also be with your significant other the whole time. You absolutely. Know? And, and they know how your significant other, um, knows how, uh, you operate and you know how she operates so it yes. makes it makes everything else um like how you were joking on saying uh the hard part's over now the scheduling part's the easy part right, right. yeah that <laughs> definitely is not a joke because she elizabeth wanted to pull her hair out just because she's kind of helped out with some other areas just because we need it yeah and you know um you know with registration with um like so for example if someone decides not to play going through the refund process. Yeah. And there's only a certain amount of people who have administrative access to the website that we use for PABSC. Okay. Actually, we only have two, and that's her and our player personnel guy. Uh, and it's like, I would love to chip in and help out more, but just you don't have the access to do it. Yeah. And, you know, Blue Sombrero or Sports Engine, whatever the heck they want to call themselves now, it just it's a rather odd system to work. I mean, they're – that system actually is owned by Jerry Jones. Oh, really? Yeah. And oh. so he's like buying up all the other, you know, youth sports organization, you know, systems. And okay. Trying to monopolize the whole thing. Yeah. And it just, they don't have enough support really to kind of expand the, uh, the system itself. And it's frustrating because you want so many convenient things to do with the system. And it's like, well, that's not available. And it's like, it should be. It's only at this level, <laughs> and we haven't they haven't quite made it all the way up to what they, what you said it should be. Absolutely. Yeah, because all that stuff with apps and everything, the, the, I think the point of that is to make it so user-friendly, yes. and this doesn't seem to be up to par with some other things. Not yet. Yeah. We hope it will be at some point. But yeah. But, but again, you're kind of limited to what you can use, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, you're the president now. How long have you been the president? This is my second year. Okay. And how long have you been involved uh, total? Uh, I've been on the board seven years, and and then Caleb's played since he was five, so 11, okay. 11 12 years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's, it's just, uh, like you said, you just love, love being part of baseball. Absolutely. It's, it's great. It's a great organization. And when I first joined um, as a commissioner, I would. I didn't know what to expect, but it was so. Um, I like. I like rules, and I like um, everything to be in its place. So it was so refreshing to go and to see how it was ran, and it was so like official. And I, and I. Yes. And I didn't expect that to be, and I don't know why, but it's. But it was cool to see how everything is just so official, and it makes. Uh, I know it made me feel more comfortable. Like this is this organization. Um, has uh is is in going in the right direction they yeah. know what to do and obviously it's been around for a while yep right yep. so it, it was cool to see and to be it's cool to be a part of that and to see like the structure how it's there because if people know that part of it mm -hmm. then it carries out into everything else you absolutely know, all the teams and everything you know sure does um uh, i know one thing you wish and um i know a lot of us on pabsc wish is that there'd be more volunteers um, yes because there's there's so 
there's a lot of spots that can be filled. Um, and, but I think it goes the same way as when you said there's plenty of assistant coaches, but no one wants to be in charge. Right. And I think that's where people are not wanting to jump on the board or be a commissioner or anything because they don't want to be in charge. They just want to be, they want to be involved as much as they can without being the go-to person. Right. And I think, um, and I think we should, people should, um, and I've said it before, have to coach something or be in charge of something like that with their kid because it puts a whole new perspective on how everything is handled. Absolutely. And you want to be able to get to a point like where you're a coach and then you want to be more involved and you want to be possibly a board member. And then as board members, we want to be able to put things in place to where um, there's a trickle effect. Mm -hmm. So like it starts with me, for example, you know, and then I'm talking to the vice presidents of baseball and softball they're talking to their commissioners and it just goes right down, you know, the, the trough there, so to speak. Yeah. And everything is just ran smoothly. And sometimes, unfortunately that doesn't happen because you have to have reliable people to kind of execute what you're trying to get them to do. Yeah. And that sometimes falls short and not even reliable people, just someone in that spot. If you're trickling down and there's a gap, then it stops. Yes. You know, or someone else has that role, but they also have two or three other roles. Yes. So it's not as much time paid to that one as it should be. Absolutely. You know? We've got a couple of board members currently that have two roles. Our treasurer is also our sponsorship person. And then our director of scheduling, Elizabeth, um, the end all be all. Seems yeah. like she does everything, but yeah. she's actually our COVID, uh, COVID uh, person as well. Yeah. And trying to make sure everything is in line and, and whatnot, so you yeah. don't have the county knocking on our door saying, "Hey, what's going on here?" <laughs> and that's frightening because you want to be able to sit there and have a program for your community. Yes. And if something were to happen, something serious was to happen, I mean, my goodness, uh, I don't want people showing up in my front door. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, what the heck are you doing? Or yeah. something. You know, you know what I mean. It just, yeah. I'd, certainly, I welcome the responsibility. Just or else I wouldn't, you know, have you know, signed up to be president. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and that's not something that I really want to, you know, put out there anyway. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't, how can I put this? It's not important as far as like having the title. Correct. And I don't sit there and just go out and say, Hey, I'm Tim McGrady. I'm the president of PABSC. Yeah. I'm just, I don't operate like that. Honestly. Yeah. If something is urgent and, and whatnot, and, yeah, I was like, hey, how can I help you? I'm Tim. I'm part of the board. I'm actually the president. Mm-hmm. You know, what can I do to make this situation better? Yeah. That type of thing. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's good. It's good to say, I'm the president when it's something. When it's something you're handling that's small too, like, oh, the the president of the board can help me with this or is right. helping with this when when it could have been handled by somebody else. Right. But for you to be out there. And like last year, having you know, we had to babysit fields and and oh. and make sure parents, you know, and kids were doing everything they're supposed to be doing. And yep. but I think I think I think you're right. It's not. I don't think anybody should do it for the title. Um, but it comes in handy sometimes. Like right. like even even if I'm out there, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm the director of umpires. Um, do I need? What do you need help with? You know, right. I can help you figure something out. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I do want to talk about um last last year. Okay. Sure. So. Um, there was, I know there, there was talk amongst us that, you know, there was just a wait, a wait and see, wait and see, wait and yep. see. Other leagues were shutting down around us. What ultimately, um, and I'm not, and I'm just going to put on you cause you're here, yep. um, but I know there's other people that had an opinion and a, a vote to do this. Mm-hmm. What ultimately led to us going out and playing baseball? Trust of the governor. 
yeah. as far as his guidelines. If we're able to do youth sports in a structured manner, we're going to do our best to do it mm-hmm. because ultimately these kids need some sort of normalcy yeah. after what had gone on since last March, them being moved out of school, being shacked up in their homes. Let's give them something. If we can do it, let's give them something normal for their summer. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of work. It was a lot of work. It, yeah. And we made, th- we made it through, and that was an incredible accomplishment um, for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly not a one-person, two-person, three-person show. We had, so, we had a good group of people that contributed, and did we make some people mad? Yeah, absolutely. Because oh, yeah. when you're dealing with... We had about 770 kids, both house and travel, both softball and baseball last year. Mm-hmm. You're going to have 770 different opinions about COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so you're trying to juggle being respectful. You're trying to juggle people's opinions as far as COVID's concerned. You don't want to come across as brash and say, sir, go stand over the other side. Yeah. Of, and you want to be able to explain yourself, hey... You have to move, you know, we certainly understand that, you know, this is a pain mm-hmm. and it is. Yep. And, but we want to be able to have our kids out there playing baseball without any issues. And we probably got about a 95% buy-in to be honest with you, as far as people being compliant, mm-hmm. we had those, you know, few strays. And I think we're starting this year to kind of think of different ways to alleviate that issue. Um, we're looking into buying windscreens. And they put them oh, up the on the backstops. Back yeah. That way people don't sit behind the backstops. Mm-hmm. And that'll certainly, you know, prevent the traffic, you know, going through the walkways of the parks there and also keep the people from just putting up their camper chairs and sitting there too. Yeah. I, I know even before COVID, I used to umpire baseball and I loved when I would go to a field that had those yes. had those windscreens. And like I said, that was before COVID. Just mm-hmm. just to alleviate that much um, more attention that could be happening with parents just watching watching the game from back there, calling balls and strikes and and, and arguing stuff. Yes. You know, so not only will it help people not sit back there, but it'll it'll help the the flow of the game and the umpires yep. and the coaches having to deal with parents back there. And especially with our house program, we have teenage kids yes. that are umpires. Yeah, who needs their dad back there <laughs> calling balls and strikes for their kid who's an umpire? Yeah, and that's just that's they need to learn the game on their own. And to have someone sit back there and do that or some parent out there upset because their kid's striking out on, mm-hmm. and he's looking at strike three all the time, well, that's not a strike anyway. Yeah, that's going to alleviate some of those issues, like you said. And, and yes. uh, certainly it'll make, the, it'll make the batter feel comfortable, maybe the catcher, and yeah. even the umpire too. Yeah. So. You know, it, it's, it's already uh, a lot of those umpires, it's their first jobs. Yes. Um, it's... it's uh, it's already, and that's what makes it already a little bit some pressure because it's like, oh, this is my first thing I'm doing yep. in my life to get paid, yep. and people are watching and everything. So just if we can give those, you know, thirteen, fourteen, year old, fifteen year old kids like a little bit less, then I think that'll help a lot. Because yeah. we don't want them kids to come back. Definitely, we yes. don't want them to be a one year, you know, deal and then that's it because they don't have a good experience. And so we try to make it attractive, not only from the standpoint of providing a good environment for them to be able to work, so to speak, mm-hmm. and there's a financial incentive too. As they get older, they're going to be able to make more money because they're going to be doing those older games too. Yes. Yeah. And I know as a board, we've talked about like increasing wages in general, just because we want to be able to attract those people to come back too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I always try to tell the, the new kids, like 
Um, until you learn, you're gonna you're gonna get these games. But if you're a quick learner, then I'll put you on you know those those older kid games because that's ultimately the goal. And again, if we can, if you can get those games, then we'll we'll keep those keep those kids around. You know, it's been really fun too is watching not only the baseball games and the softball games like going out to the parks last year. The umpires. It was so fun to watch them because they're out there just doing their thing. Yeah. And you've done a great job as far as like giving them instruction on what you. to do. Absolutely. And some of those kids are continuing to come back. Yeah. And that's great to see. And that's really something that I find enjoyment in too. Um, just from the standpoint, they're doing something that's responsible. They're getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully they're putting a little bit in the in the savings account, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's always good to learn as soon as you can how to how to manage the money. Absolutely. You know, yep. Even my kids, when we give them, you know, they get Christmas money or they especially Christmas money, and they want to buy stuff right away. It's like you just had Christmas. Like right. play with all the stuff you had. Yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> Save that money for a little bit. You yep. know. Yep. Or, or the other day, my son loves to play Fortnite, and uh, he wanted some. He wanted V Bucks to buy some stuff mm-hmm. on Fortnite and. He didn't have a $10 bill or something to, to give to us so we could pay for it. He goes, I got, I got a $10 Chick, Chick-fil-A card. You could have it. There, there you go. <laughs> little little trade there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so you've been, you've been part of the organization for a while. Mm-hmm. What um, part Being on the board, what, besides the, the vice president and the president that you are now, what other roles have you served on there? I've been a commissioner. And that was you were a commissioner and vice president at the same time, weren't you? Then uh, last year it was because I well last year was my first year being president, and then I ended up taking over the uh, the rookie division okay. uh, yeah. as commissioner. Because um, typically, what happens if there is a, a a hole, so to speak, in the in the commissioner spot, the vice president takes over. Um, that didn't happen. Oh yes, yes. I, I won't dive too much. No, that's more fine. Into it. I, I understand um, that. I, I'm with. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, so it, so you've you've been commissioners. Um, the reason I ask is I think I think it's important to as you climb up any organization or any board or anything mm-hmm. you're on to to have a good start and realize the people um, underneath you like what they're doing and and how because because you got to be able to help them and give yes. them support and stuff. I yes. just think it's important to to go through um, down here up to the top. You know. Yep. Yeah. But you have to have those people in place too that are able to, like I said before, take that instruction, mm-hmm. you know, from you. And I think that's part of maybe some of the issues that we have this year, um, because it's been chaos. Uh, full disclosure, it's been chaos these last few weeks mm. uh, with registration. Um, unfortunately, we had a board member who uh, had a family member pass away, yeah, and that kind of threw a wrench in things. But then a lot of the work fell on like a couple people and that's just not how we want to be able to do things as a board. Yeah. Everybody should be able to pull their own weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone's going to pull more weight just because they have more responsibility. Yeah. But everybody should do their equal amount. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I think we'll get there. It's just going to get the right people in place to do it. You, you know what I found too is, is um, actually talking to, talking to coach Kriegel when he talks about putting his football staff together mm-hmm. And it take it takes, you know, you might have this set first year. You're gonna you might lose a few after a one year or two because they're just not into it or whatever. And it takes some time to fill the roles for the people that will stay the full like uh, for forever or however long they want. And and I know being part of of PABSC is that there seems to be. Um, the the past three years that I've been there, just so so much turnover. Like yeah. no one wants to stay, and I don't know if it's. And I understand people get busy and people do other things or new jobs or whatever. Yep. But I think until we can get like here's our core group, 
um, it, it might be a little chaotic, you know, because yeah. there isn't the let's lean on these people. And now it's let's lean on these people too much. Right? Absol- yep, absolutely. I'm a, uh, I really enjoy the movie Miracle. Okay, yeah. And I, I, uh, I listened to a lot of what Herb Brooks had to say uh, with respect to like how things were portrayed in the movie. Uh-huh. And sometimes I try to use those concepts, you know, within not only our board, but, you know, the team I coach too. And the one, there's like one thing that it really says, it kind of brings, you know, to my mind here, you know, currently is you're not looking for the best people. You're looking for the right people. Yes. And so if you have the right people in place, like he was trying to build his team, he's not looking for the best talented people, you know, on his team. He's looking for the right people just because each piece of his team has a certain thing that they should do. Yeah. And just because you might be good at administrative things doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a good, you know, secretary, for example, or a treasurer. Yeah. And because things are just done differently in a volunteer spot as opposed to like your job, for example. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And then it, and then when you're asking people to volunteer, that's another thing too. Like, <laughs> like they're volunteering. Um, and, but, but there still should be some level of commitment. Yes. Right. And I think um, that is that's an issue too, just in general, where people volunteer. Yes. You know, uh, that you're, it's not your job, but it still should be treated somewhat like a job, right? Right, because you you signed up for this. You yep. you said I'm going to do this, so do it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We run into issues where coaches, when they volunteer, and um, Elizabeth. <laughs> For all the the great things that she does with PABSE, um, her fault would be that she's too flexible to try to work with these people uh-huh. just because we're short on volunteers. Yeah, I mean we have. I look honestly. I looked at coaches' availability today. Yeah, multitasking. <laughs> and so I'm looking at these coaching availabilities. I'm like, there's one guy. He said, I kid you not. He said, I'm unavailable Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and some weekends. <laughs> Okay, when are you available? Yeah. My goodness. It's yeah. like, I appreciate people who want to volunteer and step up because you get those emails, hey, we need coaches. Yeah. And boy, we're just, we're not in a position to be picky. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. And it's, so like our numbers in those younger age groups are growing like crazy. We had over 90 kids in the new T-ball program that we started last year. Yeah, yeah. We were like 70-some last year. Now we're over 90. Wow. And we want to keep them teams small just because... Everybody it, can play. You don't want to sit there and... Like at the, like at the summer rec program, people would say, my God, they got like 30 kids out on the yeah. field at one time. <laughs> yeah. And it's so chaotic. <laughs> and if there's like five or six or seven kids in the field, it, it's certainly more manageable for them coaches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then... For the uh, the five and six year old division, we had over 150 kids signed oh, up, my. and you're looking at, I mean, you're looking at like 12, 13, 14 teams yeah. of kids. So you have to find like 28, 30 coaches just for that age group alone. Yeah, and and then in the rookie division, seven and eights, and that's good too. I mean, we're over 100 in that. Then you really see the dip. Okay, uh, from right. going to minors and then major pony and colt. Yeah, and. People that have different interests, um, if they if they try out for the travel team, get cut, they're going to go somewhere else. And yeah, there's so many travel teams. Yes, it is yeah. so watered down. Yeah, it. You, you know, um, I last year my son tried out for two travel teams, one in Perrysburg and one at Dream Park. 
And I, re- I just remember as an umpire when I was younger, bef- like when, when Mateo was, you know, a baby, I, w- mm-hmm. I was umpiring. And I could see the difference between certain travel teams. Like, oh, this is one that's been together for a while. Mm-hmm. This is one that I think a lot of these kids got cut from another team and, made, and a dad made their own team. Yep. And, you, and you saw that a lot where, and, and I had a friend of mine's dad who would tell, he goes, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of teams that get made because dads get mad because their kid didn't make it, so right. they make their own team. So when Mateo got asked to be on this on um, a, the Perrysburg team that that they made this year, mm-hmm. my very first call was to uh, the travel commissioner. Oh, Mike, yep. And I said, "Hey, is this team legit?" Because I explained to him what I just explained to you. Yep. And he goes, "No, definitely." He goes, "Thank you for calling." He goes, "I understand what you're saying. Nope, they're gonna have really good coaches. They're gonna get treated exactly the same." And I said, "Okay, well, if he wants to play, he'll play." You know, okay. and that's what I like to hear as a dad. Yes. Like this team isn't a hodgepodge team. This is it's not getting thrown together because people are upset. Yep. But it's a solid team yep. now. But like you said, it's just watered down. There's so many travel teams everywhere, Absolutely. and I just I don't understand. You know? It's incredible to sit there and Elizabeth and Coach Dave Hall at the high school talk frequently just because they work together because they want to be able to schedule Meyer field for the freshman team and stuff like that. So they talk frequently and he made a comment one time. He's like, there's so many different jerseys when kids come to try out (laughs) for the high school team. He's like, I've never even heard of half of these teams before. Like who the heck are these people? And it's just incredible that in Perrysburg is such a good size community that we're not going to be able to keep the best 11, 12 kids at every age group. Yeah. I mean, I'm realistic about that. I'd love to. Yeah, yep. absolutely. But it's just not possible. And so some kids, and kids develop at a different age too. Mm-hmm. So like that eight-year-old team that I have currently, there's going to be kids who probably level off right now. Yeah. There's could be some kids that are like nine or 10 years old when, as this team gets older, they could be taking spots on the team that I have currently because yeah. they're just maturing, they're growing more and, and they're developing their skills. And sometimes things like that happen too. Yeah. And it's good to, you don't want, like you said, you don't want to, you want to keep these kids. You don't want to lose them because once they leave to go to another place, there's a good chance that they're not going to come back Absolutely or not, not try out again, you know, yeah. at least at the very least. Yep. Um, I did talk to, I have talked to a few of my son's fr- friends parents who played and they say well we want to come back because we don't like what's happening here or, or whatever you know yeah. so we're going to try to come back but it's yeah once they're gone they're gone yeah and so we try to keep them and that was the point of this of this second team for for nine you is yeah if these kids want to stay in perrysburg let's keep them in perrysburg right. let's create this team let's still run it exactly like every other travel team yep. but keep these kids here they all know each other yep. you know for the most part let's keep it let's keep a pee on their hat and yep. not something else yep absolutely and then we're not here to collect paychecks from people Mm -hmm. and there's a sense of community with our teams. And I think that's really important. You have the other organizations, they're just taking your checks, cashing them. And I don't want to say they don't care, but there's really not that camaraderie. I feel, you know, Hey, we play for such and such organization. Yeah. Maybe they try to present it that way, but I, from my experience, as far as like seeing these other teams go out there and stuff like that, I mean, they're just out there just to, you know, if they're trophy grabbing, yeah. you know, things like that. and well, you know, like, well, like you said, being part of the community is a huge, huge thing. And if you yep. can, if you can, like you have uh, jackets on your chest for, for nine years, then yep. that's something to be proud of. But it's the same thing. When you're going to another um, organization, they're going to pluck kids from other communities. Yep. Well, you're not, you're not together. I, I no. always used to, when I was the freshman football coach, we would play a Catholic school 
And yeah. I would always tell them, like, hey, you guys have been playing football together for, for four or five years. Yep. These guys are playing together for the, this is their first year. Yep. I was like, you guys should, you guys have an advantage, yep. know each other, you know, and that's what's good about, you know, being at Perrysburg baseball. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, so you, uh, oh, what was I going to say? So, so there is travel baseball all around. And I think when people say travel baseball or travel softball, they think, oh, we got to go out of state like every weekend. Right. And it's just, not, it's not that way no. really, you know, and you might, you might have a uh, one tournament a year where you're going to Michigan or to Indiana or something, but yeah. for the most part, everything's everything's local. Yeah, because the 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 uh, the travel baseball and softball has grown so much. There's local places to play, and like tournaments every weekend. It's not like when I was a kid. Um, I grew up in Oregon, okay. So I was a clay guy, and uh, and so we had a travel baseball team when I was you know 13, 14. We had five teams in the league, and we were the only team in Northwest Ohio. Oh wow! So. We would go to like Mentor, for example. We would go down to Columbus. Oh, we would go down to Cincinnati. Those were our league games. Wow! And uh, it was nice because we got to stay like in hotels and stuff yeah. like that, and just you know build that team chemistry. And yeah. that was the fun part. We actually played against. We were down in Cincinnati. Um, I don't know if you remember the manager, Buddy Bell. Yes. Yep. Played against his son. Oh, really? Yeah, he was on that uh, that team that from Cincinnati we played. So that oh, was nice. really neat. Yeah. Yeah. So we had some of the some of the dads get like Buddy Bell's autograph <laughs> after the game and stuff like that. So that was kind of cool. Wow, you know that happened to me when when I think I was still umpiring, and I went out to BG for a tournament, and Mark Shapiro had a team. Oh, okay. Or, or his kid played on a team, and yeah. he was the coach. And okay. uh, I got I went up there after the game and got his autograph. I, fi- I found his wife. Yeah. I, it just so happened like I I just a- tapped on this woman. I said, "Hey, um, I'm a huge Indian fan. Do you mind if like after the game if I ask for autograph?" Because like, she said, "Well, actually, I'm his wife. Uh, I'm, he won't mind at all." So it was <laughs> it was really cool to yeah. to see that Mateo was. I don't know. If, no, he wasn't with me. I got I got a ball sign had like two Mateo and everything. It was pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, it's Heck, yeah. you know all that stuff. Just being and I, I think I was just there to buy um, kettle corn because okay. BG at the time had this awesome guy who made kettle corn yeah. for a p- particular tournaments. He was yeah. there, and it just so happened that I was there. But I just love being around baseball. You know, it, yep. it's fun. It's I love coaching football and. One thing I love to watch is I love watching baseball. And some of my friends, it drives them crazy because they say oh, yeah. it's so boring, yep. you know, which I understand if you're not into it, you're not into right. it. But I, every pitch, I just, I love it. Yep. I love it. Absolutely. What, what's, your, what's your favorite team? I'm um, a Red Sox fan. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So you had a, um, you grew up um, with a lot of heartache. And then in the past, what, you've had four championships? Yeah. In the past, since 2004? Yeah. And they were not very good last year, unfortunately. <laughs> And, and they're getting rid of their and, star and players. Yeah, they're, and they're and they did it again this year too with uh, Andrew Benatendi. Yeah, and it's like, oh my goodness. And, and and they always Bill Simmons always talks about it. He goes, they, they cry poor all the time. They're one of the biggest market teams out right. there. Like how I, how can you do that? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. But it's like I, I'm an Indians fan, and I'm used to that though. I mean, yep. they just traded Lindor this off season, and it's it, it doesn't even bother me anymore because like three years ago I knew it was going to happen. That's so mm-hmm. strange. You mentioned that because you wore number twelve, correct? Lindor? Yes, yes, Okay. Yes. So I have three kids on my travel team. They all wanted number 12, and they're all Indians fans. Oh, really? And then when he got traded, it was like, oh, he's not an Indians. He's not with the Indians anymore. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. So, so only one of the kids ended up with 12 anyway, of course. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, see all the uh, excitement about, well, yeah, I want number 12. And, uh, only one you can have it anyway. But <laughs> the reason that they wanted it because of Lindor anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think it, I think it'd be cool. I don't I don't 
you know, Coach Mateo's team anymore. But I think it'd be cool, like, if you're asking the kids, what number do you want? And the reason they want yep. it. You know, and, like, the, the guys that they look up to now mm-hmm. and, and who – because – it's. I mean, my favorite baseball player of all time is Sandy Alomar Jr. Oh, yes. I, was, I played catcher growing yep. up. I was number fifteen all the time, yep. and I think it's. I think it's cool just listening to to like who they like because sometimes sometimes kids play baseball but they don't watch baseball and they don't yep. know baseball but they still like it. That's my son Mateo um, watches baseball. Um, he has. I remember he was so excited two years ago. He bought an Indians poster from his little book sale at at school, mm-hmm. and. There were already two of the guys that were on the poster weren't on the team anymore, <laughs> and now nobody. He has five. There's five Indians on there, and none of them are on the team anymore. Oh my God. But but it's cool. Like that's when he was like, "Yeah, I like the Indians. My dad likes the Indians, so yeah. I want to like the Indians too." But but who? I, I don't know if you if you can remember who besides Lindor. Who are some of the kids that they the the baseball players that they like? You really didn't mention any, to be honest. With okay, you. It just right. it just his name was really the only one that popped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know Mateo. <laughs> Mateo picked number twenty. And we asked him why, and he didn't know. But then I thought, I was like, well, he's, he's born, he was born on the 20th, so that's probably why he picked 20. There you go. That was just in his brain, yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That was always my favorite thing to do is, is pick numbers yes. in, in any sport, you know. Yep. I was always number 50 in basketball for David Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it, that was, as a kid, it's like, if I can get this number and I know other kids want it, then I feel awesome, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> who, who are some of your, like, sports heroes growing up? <laughs> Well, they're not allowed. They they can't be heroes anymore. My favorite baseball player, ironically enough, is Barry Bonds. Okay, and right. certainly uh, with him and the steroid allegations and things like that, yeah. that sort of didn't yeah. turn out the greatest. Um, but he just was wow. Just when you sit here and watch him swing the bat, yeah, him and Ken Griffey Jr. Yep, and they're so fluid. Yes, yeah, like it just it's like breathing. Yeah, and it's incredible. Yeah, I still I still every once in a while I see the video highlight of. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. and his dad hitting back-to-back home runs. Yes, <laughs> I think that that's is so awesome. It's so crazy yeah. to me <laughs> that yeah. not only not only is your dad awesome and he's in the Major League Baseball, but yeah. he's good, so good that by the time you're awesome, he's still playing. Yeah, you know <laughs> that is an incredible accomplishment. Yeah, <laughs> I always just wanted to play sport with my brother. You know, and this yep. is, he's playing with he's his dad. With his dad. Yep, yep. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, you know, bear. I think about Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and all those guys with steroids, you know, and I never, and this is, I mean, I'm not saying anything new what other people say, but as far as the Hall of Fame, there's a lot of people, and I agree that they should be in the Hall of Fame because all the other players are doing steroids too, for the most part. I'm not going to say everybody, but it was a steroid era for a reason. It wasn't just like five dudes. It was a bunch of people doing doing whatever, you know, and go ahead. I was going to say, yep, they talk about uh, pitchers. Uh, maybe like in the 20s and 30s, they would doctor up the baseballs yeah. and things like that too. And yeah, it, some of those guys are in the Hall of Fame too. Yeah, and uh, but certainly PEDs and steroids, things like that, those definitely give you the the advantage there. And um, some people would say, "Well, yeah, I take them for an injury or something like that." But mm-hmm. if you're injured, you're going to be out a certain amount of time. But if you're going to take those PEDs or take those steroids or whatever, you're going to be able to come back that much quicker and and be able to contribute to your team. And yeah, it's like it's that that bounce back factor yep. from that is just incredible. Yes. You know, um, so you, how many uh, how many children do you have? All together with Elizabeth and I, we have five. Yeah. So I would ask you um, free time, but you probably don't have any, really. No. <laughs> with your volunteering and five five children between you guys, yeah, it's a uh, it's a rare commodity, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but you but you do take vacations. I see that you know yes. every once in a while, and yeah. those. Um, and I don't know if you guys make it a rule to just say, hey, we're not 
answering emails or if you can't do that? Can you not do that? Um, sometimes it doesn't work out that way. <laughs> the plan the, is to not. And... Yeah. So we went to Mexico in December mm-hmm. and oddly enough, I felt more safe there than I did coming back into the country <laughs> in the U S and, uh, the only time I ever got nervous about getting COVID or, you know, coming in contact with it was on the plane ride from our connecting flight home. So we flew from Mexico to Dallas and then Dallas to Detroit. Uh The one from Dallas to Detroit scared the crap out of me because it was, (laughs) it was full. It was completely full. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. My dad flew to Texas, um, last year. And he Mm -hmm. said that the safest he felt was in the airport and on the, on the airplane because it was, there was so many, there was just spaced out, you know, but that was the full flight, huh? Yeah. That's, I'm like, (laughs) if I get COVID now, I'm so mad. (laughs) (laughs) You know exactly where it's coming from. Yeah. (laughs) So, so when you're in Mexico, um, as you prepare for this vacation, do you tell each other, like, we're not going to be on our phones or we're not going to answer emails or is it like we, we, we're going to answer important ones. We're going to answer important ones like phone calls, texts, especially because the kids are going to be at the home sometimes. Somebody's got to let them dogs out because we don't want the mean messes or anything like that in the house when we get home. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Ironically enough, I did pick up a phone call. It was a work phone call. Um, It was uh, one of my vendors um, um, that I use for to like search for people and stuff like that. Okay. Kind of work I do, and um, he and he's in Florida. And uh, so I, we were actually at dinner, and I picked up the phone. And because uh, I, usually when he calls, it's for something. Uh-huh. This time it wasn't. <laughs> and and uh, so I was like, so I was telling him, hey, how you doing? That type of thing. Yeah. And uh, and uh, he's like, hey, what are you up to? I said, actually, my wife and I are here in Mexico on vacation. He's like, oh, I am so sorry. And he's like one of the, he's like a really nice guy. Yeah. And I really enjoy talking to him when we do talk. And uh, so. It was like a couple minute conversation that oh, was that, okay. so it wasn't that big of a deal. But yeah, <laughs> she's just looking at me like. Ugh. It, um, when you guys are on vacation, is it just you two when you guys go? Yeah. How how weird is that? Because you're so. I know when when sometimes Andrea and I will stay at night at a hotel, just us two, and it's so weird to feel or hear silence or um, just being able to like sleep long you know how we like to, to be gone for however long you're gone is it is it a, a weird thing or do you guys even talk about it like man it's quiet right now i don't even think it really dawns on us to be oh, honest really with it. yeah just <laughs> you know we're there and we're just enjoying our time together and mm-hmm. enjoying the sun and <laughs> ironically enough so i told elizabeth i said we need to call like you know WTL or something like that and get a hold of one of the meteorologists because the last two years that we've come home from vacation, it snowed <laughs> the night that we came home. Oh really? Yes. So <laughs> we were in Aruba two years ago. We flew into Cleveland. Yeah. It's, you know, like we're in our flip flops and stuff like that. We're tracking through snow and we're trying to get, you know, through the parking. And of course we parked outside in yeah. Cleveland. I'm like, Oh my goodness. So that was, that was an interesting experience. And then last year um, when we were in Mexico, yeah, it snowed that night as well when we came home it's like oh my goodness <laughs> so we actually are planning to go to jamaica this year oh. in like the end of november early december and uh um maybe you go early early enough like that it won't be snow on the ground i hope not <laughs> but um so caleb of course he's he plays football yeah and like you know that that friday or whatever is like the state championship game and like what do we do if they make it all the way there and um <laughs> Because it's 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 kind of neat to sit there and like watch, um, like him him play and yeah. then like 
because that's a good class that he's with. Mm-hmm. And I would certainly like to see, as probably everybody else would, you know, um, a great team, you know, be successful and make a kind of run where, boy, they really get far in the playoffs, yeah. like that 2015 team. Yes. And uh, uh, which that semifinal game was a heartbreaker. Um, yeah, that um, I was on the sidelines for those. I was, I think at the time I was a, uh, a seventh grade coach, but I would go and, and help them out on the sidelines. Mm. And uh, to see, and it, it's every year, the, whatever the last game is, to mm. see, especially the seniors, but a lot of kids do, just to see the emotion that they show afterward, yes. the tears, it just, it like puts into perspective how much they love to do this. Absolutely. And how much they love to be out there. Yeah. Senior night, definitely. Senior night, because um, when I played, um, we didn't make the playoffs at all. I mean, we had really good teams, but back then, they only took 14 yeah. for region. And instead of now they do eight. Yeah. Well, I think what they do, 12 now. 12 now. Yeah, 12 now. My goodness. (laughs) (laughs) um, So, yeah, definitely. uh, So, like, our senior nights, those would be kind of heartbreaks just because, hey, this is the last time I'm going to play on this field and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always like to share stories with people, like, like when I played, because it wasn't about, like, how our teams were. It was, like, who the heck did we play against? Because, yes, um, like, I played against Charles Woodson. Oh, nice. And... My senior night, my senior year, and the last home game, they beat us 72 to nothing. <laughs> he scored seven touchdowns. Oh he God. ran over 300 yards. Ah. There's a YouTube video out there with his high school highlights. Yeah. And the ones against Clay, it's like half the video. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, you think about it, like, oh, my God, we just got drilled. And, like, they're so embarrassing. But, my goodness. He won the Heisman Trophy at Michigan. They won the national championship. He's an all-pro cornerback for the Raiders and, yep. and the Packers. He's going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. How many people can sit there and say something like, my goodness, I played against a Hall of Fame football player. Yeah. And, uh, and that just was, yeah, you got your butt kicked, but my goodness, that's like a story that you know only so many people can tell. Oh, definitely. And, uh, yeah. Um, played against uh, Damon Moore uh-huh. uh, from Fostoria. He ended up going to Ohio State. I think he was with the Eagles for a little bit, too. Um, there was a kid from Maumee, uh, Matt LeVar. Uh, we scrimmaged Maumee back in the day, mm-hmm. and then he went up to Ohio State as well. And then uh, I think the last famous person we played against was uh, Peerless Price. Oh, wow, yeah. Wide receiver from yeah. Tennessee. And, uh, yeah, he played. we played the school in Dayton a couple uh-huh. years. We had a home-and-home home with them. And uh, that was my first experience actually playing AstroTurf in football. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so, we had, so I had one experience playing AstroTurf in football, and then I had one in baseball. Um, our baseball team went to Three River Stadium in Pittsburgh. And um, the connection was with Jim Leland mm-hmm. and Perrysburg. And so Perrysburg played Genoa like the year before. And somehow, some way, we got Clay got to go. And so I got to, you know, so we got to play in the in Three River Stadium. Oh, whatnot. wow. And uh, it just, it was a really neat experience. Um, someone pulled the fire alarm at three o'clock in the morning. That's Jeez. like one of the <laughs> one of the funny things that happened on that trip. Um, so we were evacuated out of the hotel at three o'clock in the morning. That was interesting. Um, uh, and then I think we were ranked like fifth in the state that year, and Genoa ended up beating us <laughs> at that game. And uh, um, but yeah, it was a neat experience. It's kind of weird because you when you're in high school, you wore metal spikes. Oh, okay, yeah. And then you're yeah. trying to go on the astroturf and. It, like you just get that little wobbly feeling, like oh, my cleat's gonna break or something, and you just like have no idea. And, but 
Yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah it, it was really cool to sit there. And... Oh, I would imagine just yeah. it, being a kid and being out in this professional field. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. I remember my junior year, we were nine and one, and uh, we did not make the playoffs. We were we were the they took eight. We were the number nine, and it, we 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 talk about it with our buddies like we would have either played. Um, I don't know if you remember Justin Zwick. Yes. Who ended up going to Ohio State. We yep. either would have played his team or Maurice Claret's team. Oh, my so, gosh. So it would have been one of those same things. Right. Like we got beat 100 to nothing, but we played Maurice Claret. Right. <laughs> yep, absolutely. It, it's fun to, um, like you said, talk about all those all the people you played against or, yep. or just talk to your friends in general. And I think that's what's important about sports is that you you make friends for a long time. Yes. Right? You know, um, I played... I played baseball in Toledo, and I still talk to some of those guys I played with. You mm-hmm. know, and, and social media makes it so much easier just to stay in touch, yep. right, with those kind of guys. Absolutely. But it's it's just it's it not only teaches it sports teach all kinds of stuff, and and I've talked about this on podcasts with a bunch of people. But my one of my favorite takeaways is it's just friends you make, the stories you have. Yep. Um, my, some of my best friends when I moved to Perrysburg, I didn't know anybody. I moved I moved when I was a freshman. Okay. And some of my first friends were football because I start we started two days before football started. Yes. Or before school started. I'm sorry. Yep. And uh, it's just, it, it's it's so important. I think that is there are any clubs any anything like that just mm-hmm. to just to get involved and, and you know be part of the community. Yep. Some of those. Uh... Those Friday nights under the lights are like some of the, my fondest memories of being in high school. Yeah. And uh, certainly be able to, you know, like for me, you get to, unfortunately, my stepson Ashton had knee surgeries for three years, knee yeah. injuries, and wasn't be able to, like, get out there and experience that, you know, actually on the field. Yeah. And and then now Caleb, you know, he's a sophomore, going to be a junior, and you know, certainly looking forward to maybe getting his cracks you know, out on the field and stuff like that on Friday nights. And it, I, I'm looking forward to it, you know, as a parent. And certainly I was that kid on the field. Now I get to watch. Yeah. And uh, yeah. certainly that's just as enjoyable for me at least. And, yeah. and I'm looking forward to it. Can I tell you, uh, talk about Ashton. He, uh, it was a bummer that he, he always got hurt. And, uh, but he always helped me um, when I had the receivers last year. And, and one thing I like, um, and I see it a lot. Whenever we have injured players, they're they they're always there every day, helping, filming. Yep. Um, Ashton was a quarterback for me. He helped me, you know, throw to the receivers and stuff. So that's what I really like too. Is that that they're still part of the team. And right. They're always going to be part of the team. Absolutely. Um, and and they don't you know they don't have to be out there if they don't want to. No. But they're on the field. Um, I, there are several times they're on crutches out there doing as much as they can, and sometimes they sometimes they get in trouble because right. they shouldn't be. Right. But they're out there helping, you know. It takes a lot of resiliency to, you know, if you're injured and like with Ashton's case specifically, um, I don't I don't even know if I would be able to handle it. Yeah. And he handled it with a lot of maturity, and I give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah. Um, just because not everybody could do something like that. No. Not everybody was built like that. No, definitely not. No. no. <laughs> and certainly, maybe he'll find himself in the position like, you know, if he was like he wasn't able to play, but maybe maybe down the road he can coach. Yeah, and something like that. And yeah, and that's and that's what hanging around and being part of the team, you pick up things that like he was able to help me coach, right? Help me throw yeah. to these receivers, and maybe that's something that sticks in his brain going forward. You know, Absolutely. And that's what he wants to do. Yep. So, well, Tim, uh, I appreciate you coming out here. Thanks for having me. Um, I know it was uh, it's. Probably easier being here than being with a bunch of eight-year-olds, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah. um, I and I, you know, 
I appreciate everything you do for PABSC and the Perrysburg community in general. I know you're, you're super involved everywhere. Um, and I know there was talk, just like you said, about not being president. And I know there was a bunch of people that were really excited that you came back and Elizabeth came back because you guys are, you make it run and you guys make it run well and you, you, um, give instruction to everyone that needs it needs it and help everybody out so we i appreciate you and i know the rest thank of the you. board does absolutely, too, so. absolutely. all right thank thanks you. tim you're very welcome thank you thanks again to my guest tim mcgrady for being on the podcast today i appreciate everything he does for the community um and the board in general is great uh on the pbsc it's great to working with them um all everybody on there is wanting to the community to be better putting all of this volunteer time into the community so it's great to to be a part of that thanks to jake paluski real jp multimedia for producing and providing the music to the podcast thanks to melanie at cuttlefish graphics for the logo thanks to jackie durr at the perrysburg junior high stem lab for the banner and the stickers thanks for listening we'll see you next time